And they talked about how enjoyable it is to be in that business where you actually truly diagnose a client's problem, custom craft a solution, you become partners, I mean, for the long haul. And uh, that hence the word sticky. You get a very sticky, sticky, sticky relationship. Episode 212. Do you have what it takes to be a solution provider? You're listening to The Game Changers with Jason Jennings. Leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention. Now, here's worldwide best-selling author and speaker, Jason Jennings, and your host, Dale Dixon. With more than 2.3 million listens and downloads growing every week, this is The Game Changers with Jason Jennings, New York Times, Wall Street Journal. And USA Today, best-selling author of eight books on leadership, growth, innovation, speed, reinvention. As we like to say, this is the podcast dedicated to leading highly principled people to their full potential. Jason, hello to you. Uh, Hello to you. And I just was struck by a thought. I probably spend more time with you than I do some family members. <laughs> I really do. And Hopefully I never that's good that. for you. I, I kind of enjoy it. Well, I, I, I love every moment we're together. But I, when, you, when you said the number of the podcast, I thought, my Lord, I mean, that's a lot of time together. I think I went back a couple months ago and tallied it up. And if you if you figure the act, the average audio book is eight hours. Yes. I think we have recorded the equivalent of eight or nine books together. Yeah, uh, that makes sense. That makes sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. with the number of podcasts. Wow. So, wow. We have spent a little bit of time. And the content, we like to say it's a mini MBA, just listening to the podcast. So and and, and today will be too. Speaking of getting this information for free and really making people better, give us an update on the Jason Jennings certification program. Okay. All right. We'll do it very, very quickly. I'm, I'm, I'm joining a colleague and friend of mine, Dr. Marshall Goldsmith. I made a determination that although I plan on being busy writing books and speaking for a long time into the future, the time is right to begin growing the next generation of leaders and authors and bloggers and speakers and teachers. And I'm giving away all the knowledge for free, all the knowledge gained from Uh, spending two decades consulting all around the globe, helping businesses achieve their full potential, all the research into 220,000 companies for uh, eight best-selling books, uh, all the knowledge gained from doing 1,200 keynotes and five or 600 half-day and full-day workshops. Uh, So all the knowledge and then how to do it. Uh, It is going to be uh, three days in March uh, 2020, March 23rd, 24th and 25th. Uh, When participants complete the course, uh, they'll receive a diploma, be authorized to to promote themselves uh, as having been Jennings trained and act in my name. Uh, It's going to be, I I just can tell already, it's going to be a wondrous event. So uh, it's going to be in the village of Tiburon at the Lodge of Tiburon. Uh, Again, there's no cost. You have to get yourself here and pay for your hotel room, but I'm giving away the knowledge for free. So here's what we're asking people to do. If you feel that you would benefit uh, from this, uh, send me an email, jason at jason-jennings.com and say, hi, I'm so-and-so and and, uh, one or two paragraphs about yourself and I'm interested in being part of this. Uh, We will get back to you. More information is going to hit my website in the next couple of days. Uh, We are going to do uh, one big blog, one email campaign. I guess we're going to start with about... um, 
150, 200, 250 people who indicate interest, but largely because of you, it's going to be self-selecting. Some people will, uh, their dates will change. Some people, their aspirations will change. Uh, Some people's uh, job situation may change. Some people may not want to read the books or listen to podcasts or be prepared because you have to come prepared with the knowledge so I can tell you and teach you what to do with the knowledge. And and we'll see what we end up with. so uh, get yourself on the list, uh, Jason at jason-jennings.com. And, and so I'd like to talk more about it, but I know we've got a lot on the agenda today. So let's move on. Awesome. All right. Jason at jason-jennings.com, the email address if you would like to be a part of this really cool opportunity. So today's title is definitely intriguing. What uh, made you decide that we need to be talking about being a solution provider. Okay. Um, Events in recent weeks, and I sit here with a bemused smile on my face. You know, there are, there are basically two ways to do business. You're either selling stuff uh, or, or a service, or you can provide solutions. Now, there's inherently some problems with just selling stuff that I'll talk about in a moment. Uh, but the, but what I, I look back, and I remember so well the dot-com crisis. Uh, you know, money was flowing, things were happening, the hell with solutions, just jam and sell whatever you can. All of a sudden, the bottom falls out of the barrel. Everybody decided they wanted to become a solution provider. Fast forward to 2008 and 2009, uh, I mean, the Great Recession, all of a sudden, everybody decided they wanted to become a solution provider. They wanted their company to offer solutions. And uh, and then that kind of went away too. And now, because there's some uncertainty about the economy going forward, uh, there is a, a dramatic uptick in, in the number of telephone calls I receive in companies that are interested in learning how to transform themselves into a solution-providing organization. Uh, Here's the problem. Selling stuff, just selling stuff, is is a very tough business. Unless you have the exclusive rights for a specific geographic territory, you have no competitive advantage. Because if you're selling stuff or selling a service, there's really only three things that you ever have to talk about. One is the price, number two is the quality, and number three is delivery. The problem is, as we've talked about before, delivery and quality are no longer competitive advantages because you have to deliver on time and the quality better be there or you'll be out of business. So if you're selling stuff, all you've got to talk about is price. And if you have to talk about price, there's only one place to go for the, for the price to go, and that is down. So now everybody, again, wants to be in the solutions business, where there are many things to talk about, uh, what the customers try to accomplish or get done, what a solution would look like, what it would be worth to them, how to partner with the client and create value, the recurring nature of the solution, or the stickiness of the business. Uh, but the problem is, and, and you see it every place, cable companies are offering solutions, telecommunications companies are offering solutions. The bottom line is this, Dale. of all salespeople and companies claiming to provide solutions wouldn't know one if it kicked them in the backside. So today, what I want to talk about are the couple of things it takes to begin transforming yourself into a solution-providing organization. That makes sense? Absolutely. So is it the fact that they've been trained, they have been cultured to only sell the product, and so they're trying to commoditize a solution Uh approach? No, I don't think that they're trying to commoditize a solution approach. 
Um, look, when you're a salesperson, uh, you're, you're a shark looking for blood. So in every conversation you have with everybody, you have an agenda. Uh, you want to sell them something. But if you, if you attempt to do business saying, I'm here to offer a solution, but that little dark voice inside of you is saying, let's go for the blood, let's go for the blood. I mean, nobody, no, very, very few companies can make the transition from selling stuff into being truly a solutions organization. But I'm going to tell you what it takes. So um, uh, let me look for some notes here. Now, first of all, let's talk about culture. One of the reasons that most companies, most organizations cannot transform themselves into a consultative selling solutions providing organization is an organization has to make a commitment to say, we are going to be in the solutions business. You can't put your toe in the water and test the water. You either are or you are not. And so it has to become the culture. So that's the first thing you have to understand. You're either going to have a culture of commodity selling or you're going to have a culture of solution providing. You can't have both. It's, It's not going to work. Number two, you have to understand that solution providing is much harder at first with a longer time ramp than selling stuff. I mean, if you're selling stuff, you can basically, like the old door-to-door salesman, it's a numbers game, go out and keep knocking on doors until somebody says yes, and whoopee, I got one yes today, so that's good. But at least you got one little hit. Uh, But there's a longer ramp-up process uh, when you're involved in solution providing. You've got to make sure that you're only talking to the decision maker, that is the person who has the knowledge, that is the person who has the authority, and that is the person who feels the pain or feels the gain. You can't do true solution providing with somebody in the middle of the ranks or somebody at the bottom of the ranks. They wouldn't even know what the hell you're talking about. So it, it, so you've got to be able to get to the decision maker. That's your first step. And then you've got to, dem- as we talked about in past podcasts a long time ago, you've got to demonstrate your worthiness. You've got to learn the business. You've got to identify a problem or opportunity. You've got to affix a value amount of, of what it would be worth to take advantage of the opportunity to solve the problem. Then using what you've got in your uh, in, in your bag of tricks, or what you've got in your basic skill sets, then you've got to put those various parts together to create the solution, and then you've got to present the solution. So you've got to understand the solution providing has got a longer time ramp on the front side. So it's a longer process. And then you have to be a culture where successful solutions are constantly communicated and celebrated when eventually others want to jump on the bandwagon. And then the final thing you have to have is a leader could not say, we are going to transform this organization into a solution-providing organization if they don't know how to do solutions themselves. So solution-providing salespeople are led by leaders who are also skilled diagnosticians. And this is why, as one CEO told me a number of years ago, I write about him in one of my books. We were stuck together in the Signature Flight Lounge in, I think it was Denver, Colorado, uh, where he said... uh, we, we're, we're a solutions company about three weeks out of the month. At the end of the month, we don't give a damn. We'll do whatever it takes to slam boxes and sell stuff. Well, then, then you're not really a solution-providing organization. So, so that's what it takes in terms of culture. One committed completely to solution-providing, not about testing the water. It's understanding that solution-providing solution provider, solution is much harder at first. It's got a longer process. You have to have a culture where solutions are constantly communicated and celebrated, where everybody eventually wants to jump on the bandwagon of success. And you've got to be led by leaders who are also skilled diagnosticians. But then, above and beyond that, 
what does it take? Well, it takes the following in terms of people. Most transactional salespeople cannot become consultative. And I remember when uh, Tiffany Boba, uh, then with Gartner Research, and now the chief innovation evangelist for Salesforce, was giving a speech. Uh, I was going to close a conference in San Diego. She was speaking before me. We were talking to a couple of uh, couple of thousand people, in the, and they were resellers of telecommunications gear, telephone systems. And, uh, and, and the big buzz then was everybody wanted to become a solution provider because if you sell a telephone system, all you've got to talk about is price. But if you're analyzing needs and creating a solution, well, there's more markup, there's more margin, there's a stickier relationship. And I remember she stood on stage, looked out at the audience and said, if you want to become a solution providing organization, fire every existing salesperson. And I mean, there was stunned silence in the audience. And I, I, I didn't know booing was going to begin or what was going to happen. And she went on to say, look, people who have been selling stuff for their entire life cannot become solution providers. It's an absolute impossibility. So understand that most transactional salespeople cannot make the transition. They have to have strong listening skills. You cannot be a solution provider without having strong listening skills. I was on a telephone call uh, with a client uh, two days ago. And we were talking about the next thing. You have to have high applied curiosity. And the example I used was this. A number of years ago, uh, I was in San Francisco during the Christmas holiday season. And we've got a complex of of buildings right down on on the bay, which is called the Embarcadero Center. I think there are four or five buildings in the Embarcadero. And they were all decorated for Christmas. And uh, I remember standing on the street thinking to myself, I wonder how many Christmas lights it takes. Well, I became so intrigued that I stood there and I counted the floors and I got up to like 48. And then I counted the linear bulbs on each floor and I multiplied the two. And then I multiplied by the four sides of the building, accounting that two of the sides were slimmer than the front and back of the building. And then I multiplied by five buildings. And I said to myself, damn, there are 219,000 light bulbs on this building. Now, I, I I don't know if anybody else would be interested, but you, you have to have sufficient applied curiosity uh, to wonder, um, as I said this morning at uh, three o'clock in the morning, California time to somebody in India, I mean, tell me the story of your business. And I just sat on the edge of my seat and I heard the most incredible story ever of a company that started with one little bus that seated six people. And today owns 35 companies, 35,000 employees, 25,000 students, because whenever they build a manufacturing facility, they build a school for the, uh, for the sons and daughters of their, of their uh, people who work for them. And I mean, who wouldn't want to hear that story? Uh, who would, and I, I kept saying, and then what happened? And what next? And what else? So you got to have high, very high listening skills or a high applied curiosity. You have to have a strong, empathetic drive. When I hear somebody's problem, when somebody says, oh, my God, I've got the biggest problem in the world. I got to solve this thing. I feel for them. I mean, I want their problem to be solved. Uh, People who are capable of solution providing must be purpose driven to help people and companies. They've got to have the skills necessary to identify and gain access to that real decision maker we talked about. They've got to be highly intelligent, adept at math, and be very street smart. And most of all, and I have difficulty explaining this one to people, they have to get it. You either get it or you don't. Like, you're a guy that gets it. Um, You got to get it. And I mean, getting it is just understanding why you're doing 
what you're doing and the greater purpose of why you're doing it and, and how you truly want to make a difference. So the question is, how do you get these skills? And there is no simple answer. It's practice, practice, practice. And what I tell companies is they have to grow their own people. There is no way to go out and recruit solution providers because if people are truly solution providers in other organizations, they are making so much money, enjoying so much success, you'd never be able to pinch them. And so if you take your existing transactional salespeople and try to turn them into solution providers, it's not going to happen. So the best advice is you have to build your own solution providers and then practice, 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 practice. Hmm. Collectively, our BS meters are getting so good that if you are that leader who says, okay, we'll, we'll be solution providers for three months, uh, three weeks out of the month, and then that last week, it doesn't matter what, what happens, we're going to move boxes. Right. Or if you're not genuine and authentic about really wanting to listen to, to right. your customer and understand their challenges and then work to be empathetic in how do you solve those challenges, that's the solution provider, people are going to see through it because of that oh. BS meter that's so tuned in now. Oh. Uh, they're 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 going to be sitting there going Pinocchio Pinocchio your nose is growing your nose is growing you're 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 right you you never call it out for what it is you're much nicer than I am BS meter I go I just call that the bullshit meter <laughs> and uh, and today everybody's got one especially young people they have really good BS meters and I mean they're just going to leave they're going to leave they're not going to you know I, I I like to use the word integrity and. Uh, and we often use the word integrity about truthfulness and honesty uh, and doing the right thing. Well, that's BS too. I mean, integrity is actually an engineering term. The integrity of a beam, the integrity of a piece of glass, uh, the, in, the integrity of something structural. It's either whole and complete or it's not. It's either whole and complete or it's not. So if you say you're going to be a solution providing organization, then you've got to jump in and it's got to be about the culture. It's got to be about the people and it's got to be about the process. And it's, it's a long trip. Now, what do you have to win in the end? What you have to end. So I am aware of a company that uh, does $80 billion a year in revenues. 80 billion. That's a lot of company. They have lots and lots of people. If I'm not mistaken, they have about 30,000 people on the payroll. Their market capitalization of the company is only about eight and a half billion dollars. And you're going, well, how in the hell can you do those kind of revenues, have that kind of headcount and have such a low market capitalization or value? Well, because market capitalization, I mean, is, is saying, what is the thing worth at the end of the day based on the profits that you generate? And uh, because they're in the commodities business. And so margins are razor thin. And what happens when margins are razor thin and there's a general sense of unworriedness about the economy, they know there's going to be more margin pressure. And how do you continue to support these 30,000 employees with your margins getting smaller and smaller? So, I mean, they were one of the companies talking or they are one of the companies talking to me about wanting to make this transition into the solution providing business. Uh, so every place I turn, every, I, I was talking to an engineering company today uh, in India and uh, they said, no, 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 no. We do not sell engineering services. We, we sell solutions. And uh, I, I, I prodded and, and, and they are, they are, they are actually doing it. And they talked about how enjoyable it is to be in that business where you actually truly 
diagnose a client's problem, custom craft a solution, you become partners. I mean, for the long haul. And uh, that hence the word sticky. You get a very sticky, sticky, sticky relationship because you're not talking about price. So um, look, will there always be selling people selling apples and pears from a basket on the street corner? Yes. And is there a place for that? Yes, of course there is. Uh, but if you want to play in the big leagues going forward, uh, it's about starting to transition yourself into a solution-providing organization, uh, whatever size your business might happen to be, whatever size your business might happen to be. I just keep seeing example after example of the product sellers getting just cut off at the knees. Amazon is going to beat you on price. They're going to beat you on quality and they'll beat you on delivery. Yep. All yep. three areas. It's just. I, look, I, I, I know that I only mentioned this. I don't, I don't want to be somebody who keeps now starts keep, uh, repeating myself, but I think about five or six episodes ago, uh, I, 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 we did a podcast and maybe it was 10 episodes ago. I mean, I live in one of the most beautiful picturesque villages on the planet, Tiburon, California. If you've never Googled it, Google it, T-I-B-U-R-O-N. It means shark in Spanish. It is a beautiful, delightful bayside village with commanding views of the Golden Gate Bridge of San Francisco. There's about 9,000 people that live here. Very, very tony. Very, very expensive place. And downtown, several weeks ago, I, when we talked about this, at that point, I counted 19 vacant storefronts, and now it's 21. Mm. Now it's 21. Uh, it's it's very, very sad, and it's being repeated all over the place. You're right. You're going to get Amazon out of business by either Amazon or someone else. I mean, if you're not bringing a solution to the table or and what you're selling is not portrayed as being a solution in somebody's life. Absolutely. All right. Close this out. You've got a great quote for us. I, I, I do. I do. And I didn't have to go looking for one. And this is an old Zig Ziglar quote that I heard when I was a kid. I mean, because he's been gone for a long time. But I remember him saying, you can get everything in life you want if you help enough other people get what they want. And talk about words to live by. If you spend your life helping other people get what they want, i.e. solving their problems and taking advantage of their opportunities, you're never going to have to worry about anything because you're going to be very well taken care of. Mm. And as a tease for our next episode, we're, gonna, we're going to shine the light on somebody who has really lived that and we'll, yep. we'll tell their story. So yep. that's pretty cool. Hey, I'll remind our listeners, be sure to subscribe to this podcast if you have not done so already in your favorite podcast listening app. While you're there, please rate and review the podcast so that more people can find this and add it to their list for listening. Also, uh, in that rating, we hope we've earned five stars from you. Write a, a sentence or two in the review to let us know how you have used this podcast to make your life and business better. Be sure and remember, we have the Jason Jennings Certification Summit coming up in March 2020. If you're interested in that, the address, jason at jason-jennings.com. Jason Jennings is the author who USA Today has called one of the three most in-demand business speakers in the world. Learn how your group or company can have Jason keynote your next event. Visit the website, jason-jennings.com. This is The Game Changers, the podcast dedicated to leading highly principled people to their full potential. 
You've been listening to The Game Changers, leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention with business thought leader, best-selling author, and keynote speaker, Jason Jennings. Read Jason's most recent New York Times bestseller, The Reinventors, and visit his website at jason-jennings.com.